0: Welcome to Beneath the Rim, covering everything that's happening in and around the NBA. You're about to hear one of our layup episodes. Quick hits of information to keep you up to date on what's happening, but short enough to squeeze in during your morning drive. Check back on Sundays for the full court episode, where host Kevin Kloss chats with the brightest minds covering the league. Now time for the show. Welcome to Beneath the Rim, part of the Roto-Heat family of podcasts. I'm Kevin Kloss, humble NBA junkie, and your host for the next 15 minutes or so. Since we last spoke on Monday, Lakers fans and Clippers fans, they're exchanging some heated insults across Twitter. Who's better? Who's worse? This signing's amazing. That signing sucks. Also, Russell Westbrook, still a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder, And that's a situation that's still just a little too murky for me to try and speculate in terms of where he might end up, what kind of package could be involved if he was to go someplace like to the Heat, or if he was to go to the Knicks, or if the Rockets could get in the mix. Still too much speculation for me, so I'm just going to leave that alone for now. But as promised, we are going to start things off with a little bit of Summer League. And we'll start with the good and the bad of Ivan Rab forward for the Memphis Grizzlies. Here's the good. He snagged 12 rebounds in the Summer League game on Tuesday. Now, here's the bad. He shot one of 10 and only scored two points against the Suns, and if you haven't checked into a lot of Summer League, the Suns are fielding a really bad team. You know, the Suns kind of came out of this past draft trading down and getting a guy in Cam Johnson who I wasn't real thrilled with the pick. I think while he's a great shooter, the fact that he has these chronic hip problems in both hips, he's a little older, so I think he's kind of hit his ceiling in terms of what he is as a player, and he's mostly just a shooter. He's not going to do a lot else for you in the NBA. That just makes this performance by Ivan Rab a little less impressive, a little worse, if you will. I like Ivan Rabb as a young player. You know, in some short spurts last year for the Memphis Grizzlies, times when Marc Gasol was sitting out and even after he got traded, there were times that Rab got the start and he would produce good numbers. Now, not amazing numbers, but he'd produce double-digit numbers, easily a 10-10 and 10 night for you, maybe a 20-8 and 8 night sometimes. And if you're one of those people who plays DFS, there's a good chance on DraftKings or on FanDuel Ivan Rabb may have one use of money, so maybe you're a little more inclined to go towards the Ivan Rabb side of this coin. I like Ivan Rabb; I think he's got a good future with the Grizzlies, but just a rough night for him on Tuesday. And next we go to Anthony Simon of the Blazers. You know, he had a couple of really big games, including a 37-point game the last game of the regular season back in April when Lillard and C.J. McCollum were both on the bench. And on Tuesday, Anthony Simons drops 35 points in just 30 minutes and goes 6 for 7 from 3. This kid could be legit. You know, there would kind of been some rumblings this summer about if the West was going to be weakened with maybe a less than 100% Warriors team. And if Houston was going to look to blow up James Harden and Chris Paul Could there be an opening in the West? And I think people were a little surprised that maybe the Blazers weren't more aggressive. They did bring in Hassan Whiteside, but he's on an expiring deal. They've already got Nurkic there. So we don't see Whiteside as really this long-term play for them. Anthony Simons could be the big addition to their roster who was already on their roster. This 35-point outing came against the Jazz, a solid defensive team, even if this is just Summer League. And the game before in Summer League, he scored 16 points against the Houston Rockets. I think Simmons could be that guy who takes a step forward for the Blazers. In fact, I've sort of heard some rumblings from some reporters and some guys around the league that I trust their information, and they've sort of said something similar, that You know, Simmons is a guy who they had drafted as a project. Coming out of high school, he was very highly regarded. He didn't really get a chance to showcase a lot of that last year in Portland, but he absolutely has the skill set to be an effective scorer on the wing. Clearly he can shoot. He hit six threes in this summer league game. So that's an interesting guy to watch. He's someone who I'd want to see more from in summer league to see, can he continue to piece it together? And can we continue to see these glimpses of, just what he could be for Portland this season. Now, a guy who put up some pretty big numbers, but I don't know that we need to go crazy over it. That's Emile Jefferson of the Orlando Magic. Big post player from Duke a few years ago, put up 24 points and 15 rebounds, got plenty of shots, hit 11 of 17 field goals. Now we should note this comes without Mo Bamba, and Orlando has said as he's still kind of getting back into game shape, recovering from that stress fracture that cost him most of last season, that they're shutting Mo Bamba down. You know, they've seen what they wanted to see from him. This Orlando front office is very conservative, similar to the way they're handling Markel Fultz. They don't want to put him on the floor before he's 100% ready. They're not going to put Mo Bamba on the floor until they're sure that they're not going to damage what could be a future asset for them, whether that's on their roster or in a trade move. I got to say, this Orlando team, they put it up against Miami where they ended up losing, but this Orlando Summer League is pretty bad. They don't have a lottery pick from this past draft to speak of. They don't really have an active second-year player who are looking to see things from. That was Mobamba, and now that he's not on the floor, there's not a whole lot going on on this Orlando team. So for Emil Jefferson, who's not someone who we're thinking is going to take this huge step forward in the NBA this next year, it's very good to see him put up 24 and 15. And maybe the light's just starting to go on for Jefferson. And that's quite possible. Maybe he's starting to click, and he's going to take a step towards having a sustainable career in the NBA. But I'm not going to assume that just based on one solid game, 24-15, and 15, against Miami in Summer League. So take that for what it's worth with Emil Jefferson. Now, someone we've talked about on a past episode, and I just can't get away from, Carson Edwards of the Celtics. Another strong performance Chipping in 23 points, 507 from three against the Nuggets. He is shaping up to just be a great replacement for Terry Rozier. And in many ways, I think he's going to be a better guard for the Celtics off the bench than Terry Rozier was. You know, Terry Rozier had such a similar skill set in his mind to Kyrie Irving that just. When he was on the floor with Kyrie Irving, there was a little bit of overlap in terms of what each of them wanted to do. And even when he was on that second unit, you almost got the sense he was trying to do so much in his time before Kyrie Irving was going to come back on the floor that it just didn't mix well with the pieces they had there in Boston. Carson Edwards is not going to do that. Carson Edwards is not going to pound the ball and try to break you down, take you off the dribble, and showcase amazing handles simply put Carson Edwards is a shot taker and a shot maker 507 from 3 in this one he's been hitting threes since he got his first shot here in summer league i think it's going to continue i really like the scoring punch he's going to give this team off the bench he kind of reminds me of a a less athletic not as refined Jamal Crawford type i think that's kind of the role i could see in boston where Kemba Walker is going to start, and I don't think Carson Edwards is going to be able to play the two on both ends of the floor. So he's not going to crack the starting lineup with Kemba, but I think he's going to see his fair share of minutes in Boston off the bench if he continues to hit shots at this rate. So I think he's going to be this real nice complimentary piece for Boston. I could see a situation where Carson Edwards is on the floor with Kemba Walker. I just don't think he can start, though, and you wouldn't expect a second-round rookie in Carson Edwards to score. But we saw it at Purdue. He can light it up, and he's showing that exact same capability here in Summer League. Now, someone who we haven't seen in Summer League, and there is a number of players who we're not seeing in Summer League. We're not seeing John Morant who's recovering from a procedure. We're not seeing Darius Garland, who missed all of last year at Vanderbilt, essentially, with an injury as well. We're not going to see Zion anymore because of the knee scare that he had in the second half of his game against the Knicks. That's all understandable. But someone else who we've been told recently, hey, we're not going to see this guy either, that's Jarrett Culver. The reason we were giving was that Jared Culver is not playing as he, quote, fully integrates himself into the Timberwolves system. What the hell does that mean? He went through pre-draft workouts. He did not have a major injury at the end of college that we think was hampering his style of play at all. He went through the draft. We were told he was going to be a part of this roster once the trade went through. The trade has gone through, but they're holding him out so he can integrate himself into the Timberwolves system. Just a thought. Do you know what might be the best way to integrate a rookie into the system? to have him play in the system. But Jared Culver is not playing, and that's just adding to the list of players we're not seeing during Summer League. The comparison I would make here is he's not playing so he can, quote, integrate himself to the system, whereas Romeo Langford's not playing for Boston because he had a thumb injury that supposedly was the cause for all of his poor three-point shooting and foul shooting last year at Indiana. Romeo Langford... I understand. You may not be seriously injured, but it's something you want to get taken care of. Jarrett Culver, you're not playing so you can get integrated into a system while not playing as part of that system. That makes zero sense to me at all. In fact, even Darius Garland, he's on the Summer League roster. They don't think he's healthy enough to play five-on-five, but they want him in on team activities. As far as we know, Jarrett Culver has no circumstance that would physically keep him from playing but he's being fully integrated into the team system. That's just something that really annoys me about Summer League. We all wanted to see the high-flying, the high-priced rookies, and we're not going to get to see Jared Culver, who was one of the top picks in this last summer's draft. Now, two players who we did get to see and who did not disappoint for the Pelicans. Pelican fans, if you're listening, the future is bright, and we're not even going to talk about Zion Williamson in this next stretch. If you saw Jackson Hayes in his debut in Summer League, that man is DeAndre Jordan, but more athletic. And I can't believe I'm saying that because DeAndre Jordan can jump out of the roof. But the way you see Jackson Hayes run the floor and chase down blocks, he's like LeBron, he's taking LeBron strides with DeAndre Jordan blocks. Jackson Hayes was a guy who I was not big on when the pick was made. I thought he was drafted too high. I thought he only played a handful. I thought he was drafted too high. I didn't like the fact that he didn't play a high number of minutes in college at Texas A&M. And I didn't really love the fact that we were still kind of waiting to see what his offensive game was going to look like outside of put-back dunks and rolls to the rim. What was his offensive game really going to look like? I was worried that you are going to get someone with that DeAndre Jordan type of play, and I just didn't think it warranted that high of a pick. But I will say what I saw from him in summer league, if he is that kind of a defender, if he moves with that kind of a fluid nature, if he can even develop any kind of a shot, and it's being reported that his shot has gotten better throughout college and throughout these workouts and throughout summer league, if he can develop any kind of a shot, he is going to be a force to be reckoned with in this league. And now let's not forget about Nikkel Alexander-Walker shooting guard out of Virginia Tech. He's another guy who has proved me wrong. I thought he was a good example of someone who did everything pretty well, but didn't excel in any one area. He was going to be solid all around, but not spectacular. And it's only summer league. So let's throw that caveat out there again, as we like to throw out all the time so we do not overreact. But this young shooting guard In the same night that Jackson Hayes was flying around being the defensive stopper and highlight machine, Nikkel Alexander-Walker was dropping dimes. Great passes, setting up his teammates, hitting shots, running the floor, great command of the offense. The Pelicans are really set up for just some great things moving forward. I just think we're looking at, at so much, so much for the New Orleans Pelicans when you factor in Zion. I said I wouldn't mention him. I guess I lied. When you mention in Hayes, when you mention in Alexander, you think about the fact that they have Brandon Ingram on that team, they have Josh Hart on that team, they have Drew Holiday on that team, they have Lonzo Ball on that team. This is a team that I just think is is just, they may be poised to make a run this season. J.J. Redick, outside shooting to help stretch the floor for some of these athletes. Pelicans could be a very real contender for a playoff position. Now, it's only summer league, so let's not go crazy on that. But don't be shocked if we're talking after the All-Star break about could the Pelicans add a piece in a trade to add one more guy to really solidify that team and make a push towards the 7 or the 8 seed. That's probably ahead of their timeline, but I think it's completely realistic. And we're just about at that 15-minute mark, so we're going to wrap things up for today. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Beneath the Rim. As a reminder, if you do like the show, would you leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts? Ratings and reviews really help new shows get in front of new audiences so much. So if you could just take the time to do that, just a few moments of your time, I would greatly appreciate that. You've been listening to Beneath the Rim. I'm Kevin Kloss. We'll talk to you on Friday. Don't miss a moment of the action. Subscribe to Beneath the Rim for automatic delivery of new episodes in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.